Hello and welcome to the 25th episode of the Elevator Chat series of our Canadian journey. I am Darshan Maharaja. Before I begin today's discussion, allow me to express my heartfelt gratitude to all of you for helping me achieve this milestone of 25 episodes. I hope you are enjoying this journey as much as I am. Today's topic came to my mind courtesy of an article fresh off the press at the website uh, politico.eu that I saw floating around uh, Canadian Twitter on Monday. The headline of the article is Fighting against the USSR didn't necessarily make you a Nazi. Of course, we shouldn't judge an article by the headline for a couple of reasons, including that it is generally written by someone other than the author of the article itself. It is therefore not uncommon for the headline to deviate substantially from the contents of the article. But in this case, that has not happened. The headline is a proper summation of what the author says in the article. There is also a hint of the author's political leaning throughout the article. For example, in the sentence, quote, Canada's enemies have latched on to these simple narratives, end quote. An impartial writer would have avoided using the word enemies. But that aside, the main thrust of the author, one Kerr Giles, is that multiple investigations in the wake of World War II, including the Nuremberg trials that we all know about, and the ones by British, Canadian and Soviet authorities, quote, led to the conclusion that no war crimes or atrocities were committed by this particular unit, end quote. Of course, we know that the expression this particular unit means the 14th unit of Waffen-SS. I think this argument is worth examining. My main concern is about how or whether we should use particular circumstances attaching to an individual or group to create a distance between them and the Nazi atrocities. For example, if someone's duty in the SS unit at Auschwitz were limited to cooking or doing the laundry, can they be deemed to be innocent of the atrocities that went on there? Or do we conclude that their role in a supportive activity makes them guilty? Perhaps less guilty than those who actually shot the prisoners or shoved them into the ovens, but guilty nonetheless. Then there is the issue of aiding and abetting the Nazis. It can be argued that while the 14th unit of Waffen-SS may not have carried out any atrocity, having them fight on their side augmented the Nazis' ability to commit atrocities. This is because the existence of the 14th unit freed up the fighting resources, mainly manpower, of the Nazi regime, which resources could then be used elsewhere, including for the purpose of the final solution. And finally, let us talk about the principle that was hammered out at the Nuremberg trials, namely that I was just following orders is not an acceptable justification for one's participation in the Nazi atrocities, or any atrocities, more generally. This, I was just following orders, can be rephrased, or maybe, I mean, I'm just toying with the idea, can it be rephrased as, I had no other option, 
or I had to make a difficult choice. The heavy boot of the Soviet regime had crushed Ukraine and other countries as well. The desire of the people in these countries to be rid of the oppressive Soviet regime was natural. But some people in these countries sided with the Nazis in their endeavor to be free of the Soviets, while others did not. My opinion is that we cannot treat these two groups in the same manner. There has to be some difference. Now, in the interest of fairness, since the Nuremberg trials concluded that the 14th Division did not commit any atrocities, I don't think Yaroslav Hunka and the 14th Division can be accused of being directly complicit in the Holocaust. Unfortunately, the distinction between direct and indirect complicity has not been made in the arena of public opinion so far. I mean, I'm talking about Canada, can't speak for the other countries. This may have been partly because making this nuanced distinction was not politically attractive. The answer was then to show the existence of the inconvenient Nazis in Canada under the carpet. As we drift farther and farther away from World War II, our vision of the events inevitably blurs. If the controversy around Yaroslav Hunka has a silver lining, it perhaps lies in the possibility that we have got an opportunity to arrive at clearer definitions about the two types of Nazis. Do you agree? Let me know in the comments because I know that I have waded into treacherous waters here. So I look forward to your comments and your response. Until we meet again, goodbye and be well.